Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> Good morning. It is time to get up with a cowboy feast. Dak and Dallas just keep on winning. Does the D and Big D stand for Destination Super Bowl? The 49ers, though, said not so fast with the Turkey Day demolition of their own. Are they, in fact, the bigger threat to Philadelphia in the NFC? And the Packers were thankful that Jared Goff couldn't keep the ball. And Jordan Love actually lead Green Bay to the playoffs. All that and more as we get up with you right now. Dan Graziano in for Greeny. Orlovsky is here. Tannenbaum is here. Andrew, hi, Dan. It's a pleasure to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope it was a great one. Andrew Hawkins is going to join us to talk a little football. And we begin with the game of the night. It was between the Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Traditional Thanksgiving Day game in Dallas. Let's start with 8.33 left in the second quarter. Cowboys up 7-3. First and 10 from the Washington 31. This is Dak. To Brandon Cooks. I love the play call. You're kind of showing one thing and counterpunching with another. The corner post to Cooks for a touchdown. Then Sam Howell finds a way to get Washington in the end zone. A counter option takes it himself. Commanders respond. Cowboys lead 14-10. Ensuing drive for Dallas. Second and 10 from their own 38. This is Dak. And sometimes you get a little break here. Yeah, right? sometimes you get good bounces and bad bounces. This is one of those good bounces. Great concentration by Brooks as Dak gets out of the pocket. Ball goes up in the air, finds a way to secure that catch. Cowboys in the red zone now, first and goal. Here's Tony Pollard taking it in for the touchdown. I love how he hugs the front side of those blocks and then physically finishes at the goal line. Cowboys up 20-10 at the half. Early fourth quarter, Washington down 23-10 with a fourth and one to their own 34. But Sam Howell's going to get sacked by Jonathan Hankins. Look at the chaos that's created by this defensive line. Washington's offensive line so spread out. Easy sack. Third and one at the 15 now for Dallas. This is Dak to C.D. Lamb. We're getting used to this, aren't we? Well, the Brandon Cooks touchdown, I said, well, it's a counterpunch. This is another example of that. Want to break those two plays down a little later. Excited for it. Six minutes left in the game. Third and six in the Washington 34. Cowboys still chucking it. This is Dak to Cavante Turpin for a 34-yard touchdown, and that sets off the Salvation Army bin celebration. There are turkey legs in there. How long do you think they were in there? I, well, that's a good question. I wonder what the temperature was. Is it yeah. safe to store turkey in a Salvation Army bucket? <laughs> 4.50 left in the game. Commander, second and 10. Deron Bland with his weekly pick six. He has more than half of the total touchdowns the Jets have scored as a football team this year. And there's Absolutely a ridiculous. Friday shot at the Jets. That's Deron Bland's fifth <laughs> touchdown of the season. Here is Dak Prescott after the Cowboys. Big win over Washington. I'll tell you, I actually go talk to Coach before every game, and Sure enough, I called him as he was talking to Jerry, and so I mentioned it, and of course Jerry liked it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, at that point, my direction was just to make sure we're up and the game was in hand. And so uh, the first, what, the touchdown, two CD, and then following two-point conversion. If you watch, I'm kind of like, is it time? Can we do it? I'm like, no, we'll get another one. Uh, and sure enough, right after the, the one to Terp, was like, yeah, let's go for it. And so, and it was good. <laughs> 
that explains why they were still throwing late, right? They had to get to the celebration. They're playing Washington as well. <laughs> they, so. had to, they had the plan. So look, I mean, since that 49er loss, which seems like a long time ago now, is there anybody in the league playing quarterback better than Dak Prescott at the moment? I think it's fair to say Dallas is the hottest team in the NFL. Dak Prescott is the hottest quarterback in the NFL. And they are the clear-cut third-best team in the NFC. I mean, it was a really strong performance again. And this is, to Graz's point, a stretch of four or five straight games where they're clicking. And I think offensively, the thing that you have to love that's really started to show itself ever since that San Francisco game is they are tying plays together offensively. They, this isn't one of those offenses that just nowadays is just lining up and running plays. They're showing you one thing, and then later on in the game, they're going back to that but doing a different thing. And then later on in the game, going back to that but doing a third option. There's so many counter punches to this offense right now, and it's absolutely led by Dak Prescott. So this is a very strong performance again by Dallas, and again, solidifying this is the third best team in the NFC. Yeah, I'm going to push back on that. I think they're right there with Philadelphia. And when you get past the trade deadline, guys, you say, how can you improve? And on both sides of the ball, the Dallas Cowboys have improved and will continue to. On the defensive side of the ball, Marquis Bell and Deron Bland. Bland's a race set, an all-time NFL record guy. But when you lose Leighton Vanderish at linebacker <laughs> and you lose Trayvon Diggs and you can replace him with those two players, that's a great sign. And they lost on October 8th by inches to Philadelphia. This defense is better today than when they played them. And then secondly, on offense, guys, Dan, as a former quarterback, you know tight ends are so important. Yeah. Jake Ferguson, Luke Schoomaker, Playing they're good. continuing to get, get better. So to me, mm -hmm. they have answers on this team on both sides of the ball. Hawk, what are you seeing right now with the Cowboys? Yeah, Dak Prescott is playing like the best quarterback in the National Football League. Over the last six weeks, he's 5-1. 70% of his passes are completed, over 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns to two interceptions. He's played incredible. Now, that stretch has been very advantageous for him as a quarterback. The Chargers secondary, not very good. Eagles secondary, not very good. Giants and Commanders. Both open sesame all season long. But what they're doing <laughs> offensively is Mike McCarthy is trusting Dak Prescott. Earlier this season, it seemed like he was trying to run that new West Coast offense in a way that just mitigated risks and turnovers, and it wasn't the best version of them. Dan went on national TV and all but begged them to get CeeDee Lamb involved, and they've done that in a big way. It's no longer Deacon Dunk. They picked yeah. their spots very much like they picked their celebration points, and now their offense is rolling. Now the biggest test will be down the stretch. They play five really good teams, winning football teams, and as always, that's how we'll determine how good the Dallas Cowboys are. Yeah, I still believe that Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy are playing just as good, if not better, than Dak Prescott, and we have evidence against better teams. Let's focus on Dak. The, you the gotta, biggest you have a tape, right? You wanna, yeah, the yeah. biggest change, or one of the big changes is, uh, Hawk mentioned, getting the ball to CeeDee Lamb is a focal point of their pass game. But we've all talked about the legs and the advancements of that this season. I think the bigger part is not only the legs, but keeping his eyes downfield when he's using his legs. He goes to escape out the left side of his pocket. You see him go two or three times like to go throw. Nothing is there. Now second and ten. This is a great job of, okay, I want to go pull the trigger. It's not there. Reset. Eyes are downfield. He's not running just to go get three or four yards. It does seem that Dak is back to trying to go create with some of his leg usage. This time, Clyde's out the front side of the left of the pocket. Eyes are downfield. This is an explosive pass play. There's not many examples in the NFL of explosive pass plays from like quarterbacks who's going to be creative. These two, last two clips are Dak evading the rush 
keeping his eyes downfield, and there's 50-plus yards in their pass game right there. So I do love that. Here, here's my whole like pushback to all this. Dallas is the best, and Dak is the best. Okay, first of all, there's three teams in the NFL, three, that do not have a win versus a team that is a 500 or better record. Three, the Giants, the Bears, the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. You saying you put them on the same page as Philadelphia is four. They have four wins versus teams that have a 500 better record. And Hawk hit on this. Like this last, their last three games, they played the 28th, 31st, and 32nd defenses. I would hope that they would play good football in that stretch. Right. But they, ha- they have. And-, and they're feeling pretty good. Look, yesterday was a lot of fun in Dallas, right? Dolly Parton's there. Jerry Jones had, had himself a blast. In fact, we want you to hear what he had to say about his team after this game. There's uh, four or five others, at least, that can win one, that can win it two, that are sitting there that some of them we got to play and some of them will go by uh, to get one. Uh, but this team's certainly capable of winning the whole thing. So that's obviously how Jerry feels about it, that he's got a team that's capable of winning the whole thing. But you and Hawk have both made the point that the competition lately hasn't necessarily been the kind that proves that. Right. So my question is, like, since that San Francisco loss, when they, when they caught fire after that, like, has Dallas actually shown you anything that makes you believe what Jerry's saying, that they have a real shot at the Super Bowl? 100%. And go back to Dan's tape a little bit about Dak Prescott and his movement. The other guy we're not talking about is Brandon Cooks. When we go back to what Dallas did, when they moved on from Amari Cooper, they, they kept looking for the Michael Gallups of the world. C.D. Lamb has evolved into a number one, but Brandon Cooks is another guy that could hit a home run. Sure. And that element, when you think about the vulnerability of Philadelphia's secondary, now they went out and got Kevin Byer, that'll make them better. But again, with these tight ends evolving and Brandon Cooks getting the ball a lot more, he's a guy that's over averaging over 13 yards Per reception has four touchdowns, but he's coming. And I think this offense is more explosive than it's been in the last year and a half. But their win, the teams that they've beaten have. They right, beat right, the right. teams that they played. I understand that. But here, I think to answer Graz's question for me, I, I phrase it this way. I know Philadelphia is good. And I know San Francisco is good. I think Dallas is. Hawk. I have data and evidence that San Francisco and Philadelphia are both very good teams. I think Philadelphia beat Dallas by a couple of plays in Philadelphia. It was a close game, and they play again in a couple weeks in Dallas. Hawk, what are you seeing? Are you seeing anything from Dallas given the schedule? You mentioned that the opponents have been advantageous, but are you seeing them do anything that makes you more encouraged than you might have been about them a month, a month and a half ago? For sure, because earlier in the year, I wasn't at the point where I thought Dallas was a good football team. When you watch them against the Arizona Cardinals, an opponent they should be beating like they beat the last six opponents they've gone against, that was not the case. In the critical moments of the game, Dak was turning the ball over. The offense looked disjointed. It looked like it had no chemistry. It looked like it had no system or game plan. I'm kind of in the middle of, of, of Tannenbaum and, and, and Dan because – Yes, I agree. I think the Eagles and the 49ers are the best teams, bar none, in the NFC. But at the same time, I have seen the Cowboys take that step, both offensively and the way that they are beating the opponents in front of them the way that they're supposed to. Well, yes, they have to do that if they're a good team, but they weren't doing it earlier in the season. What's interesting is when we talk about the Miami Dolphins, we kind of caveat the conversation about the Dolphins saying, yeah, they haven't really beaten anybody. Every time that they've played a team with a winning record, they don't play well. We don't do that with the Cowboys, though. It's like, well, you got to, their, their schedule is what it is. 
How come it's okay for us to say that about the Miami Dolphins and it's not okay? The Dallas Cowboys, nothing's changed over the last six weeks. That's not true. And, and, yes, it is. They're, they're and, a better team today than they were six weeks ago on both sides of the ball. Because how? Because they're, they're cause young of, players on both sides of the ball. Are playing. Marquise Bell and Deron Bland are playing as good as who they had to replace. And on the other side of the ball, they have two tight ends that continue to improve. And Brandon Cooks is a guy that we all know can take the top off the coach. Tommy DeVito threw for three touchdowns against this defense last week. Well, I mean, some of that was at the end when, I mean, they must have backups in at that point, right? Like, you're not talking about fourth quarter touchdowns by Tommy DeVito last week where the game was decided. No, Washington, New York? No, that was like a, a close oh, game. Washington, sorry. I thought yes, you were talking no, no, about no. I'm gotcha. talking about first Washington yeah, yeah. last week. Gotcha. So if Tommy DeVito, and great game by him, we can't sit here and say, oh, what Dak did to that Washington defense. It was another really good performance. Big picture, nothing's changed. They've beaten up on bad teams. They are a very good football team. They are a lot harder to defend, again, because a year ago we're looking for a guy like Michael Gallup to develop, and it was all C.D. Lamb. And now this year it's different. That, what, like your tape showed, what Dak's doing with his feet, not only just for yards, but get, uh, more time in the pocket. Their offense line's better San Francisco and Dallas play today. Who are you taking? I'm taking San Francisco. Dallas and Philly play today. Who are you taking? Where, where's the game? Philly. Well, I take Who's the, the one seed right now? Yeah, San Francisco. I mean, uh, Philly. Okay. All right. We okay. Are, you, may, you guys mentioned the 49ers. We are going to have a lot more on San Francisco as we move along. We come back. The 49ers had no issue getting a win on Thanksgiving, much like the Cowboys. The Lions, however, might have a big problem on their hands. What does it all mean in the NFC? Plus, with his offensive coordinator out, is all the pressure on Kenny Pickett now in Pittsburgh. Orlovsky will explain exactly how the Steelers quarterback can turn things around. You're watching Get Up. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Get Up is brought to you by Disney's Wish, now playing only in theaters. 49ers visited the Seahawks to cap off the three Thanksgiving day games. You see the Niners getting pumped up. Opening drive for the Niners, second to goal from the two. This is Debo Samuel through that's pretty good. Pretty good Multiple ball. broken tackles there. I mean, you talk about going untouched. What a unbelievable opening drive for that 49ers offense. 14-3 Niners now first and 10 for the Seahawks from their own 35. And Ambry Thomas jumps the route. One of the, the growths of this team, specifically their defense, is how much better their secondary has played in the last month. Seahawks did end up forcing a punt. They're under six Yo. minutes to go in the second. Niners first and goal. McCaffrey, what are you going to say? Oh, here? my God. Is this one of the better eight, nine-yard runs you've seen? I mean, patience, vision, strength, finish, everything. What an incredible run by CMC. Niners up 21-3. Early third quarter. Now they're up 24-3. Second and 10 from their own four. Here's Purdy's pass, and Jordan Brooks is going to get this one and run it back in for the pick six. Little one he's ever thrown. A little high and hot, though. You know, I got to put that on Brock Purdy. CMC gets one hand on it. Seattle had done nothing in this game. They get a little bit of life. Seattle down 24-13 now early in the fourth quarter. Third and eight from their own 31. And uh, Geno is going to get sacked by pretty much everyone who's ever played for the 49ers. <laughs> Fifth sack of the game. Look at that. Look at that. That's their stars right there. Yeah, that is, that's pretty tough when you see that coming at you. Seahawks forced to punt. Ensuing San Francisco drive. Second and seven from the Seattle 28. Purdy yes. drops back and finds Ayuk. I mean, that is an unbelievable pearl by Brock Purdy. Rolling to his left, sets up and throws it up over everybody perfectly to Ayuk in space. Niners keep it rolling 31-13. to 13. And after yesterday, is when the Niners have won 10 straight division games. That is not only the longest active division win streak in the NFL, but it's the 49ers' second longest such win streak since the 1970 merger. Feels like a long time ago since the 49ers lost three games in a row. We were wondering what was wrong uh, with them. Are they the best team in the NFC? They are. No, they're the best team in the NFL. Off oh. merit, this is the best team in the NFL. Okay. And this is the hardest offense in the NFL to prepare for. When Brock Purdy's on rhythm and this offense is playing ball distribution the way that they, they do, they're unbelievable. Let's just be clear about who this football team is. Because of the way that Brock Purdy has taken this Shanahan offense and said, it's really good, I go to the next level, meaning they can stretch the field vertically, this offense is unstoppable. And when they have their big five on offense playing, which is Brock Purdy, CMC, Trent Williams, Devo, and, and um, George Kittle, they've won 12 of the last 13 games, and they score like 32 a game. It's, yeah. it's an offense that when he's in rhythm and diversity of that run game, it is basically unstoppable, and you got to hope that they bring their C game. That, that's, when that team's healthy, that's the best team in football. Yeah, I, I think it's important to remember that three-game losing streak, Debo Samuel and Trent Williams didn't play Correct. In, in those games. Hawk, you got the 49ers as the number one team in the NFL like Orlovsky does right now? I do for the same exact reasons. When Brock Purdy was on his skid and the 49ers were losing football games, 
You take anybody's top weapon away from a young quarterback, the offense yes. is going to look different. And they've added Chase Young on defense. Now, he might not have lit up the sack board the other day, but since he's been there, 15 sacks for this defensive line. They've moved Lenore to the slot. Steve Wilkes is on the sideline, chest bumping, communicating with his top callers on the defense. Their defense is what makes them the scariest. Absolutely offensive firepower with CMC and everything they have going, but it is very tough for any offense to get a rhythm going when yeah. you have guys like Bosa on one side, Young on the other, Warner up the middle. How do you game plan? How do you take Bosa out of the game like teams were doing against them early on yeah. in the season? And because of that reason, he's been feasting ever since. Mike T, you and I were in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago, which was Chase Young's first game with the Niners, and you saw it right away. Yeah, absolutely. And to Hawk's point, Dan, San Francisco actually thought that game was going to be tough against Jacksonville, yeah. but it's Chase Young. Of those 15 sacks since he's been there, 10 have been there with a four-man rush. So, Dan, you know that. Mm. When you can get home with four and cover with seven, it's really hard to stop. And the other thing that Chase Young does that becomes a force multiplier like that highlight showed – Nick Bosa is getting singled up. Yeah. Nick Bosa is going to win every time when he's yeah. singled up. So I love Purdy and their offense, but this is a championship team now because of the Chase Young factor on defense. Yeah, two things. Can you, can you guys run that Brandon Ayuk catch again? Because there's stuff in that play that really is the perfect example of how this quarterback is taken. So he's rolling to his left, throwing that ball from like the 37. Look at how many Seattle Seahawks defenders are there. I mean, this ball's out of his hand now. He throws that ball. Look at all of it. It's, that's not bad coverage. Yeah. He's throwing that, what, to about the five-yard line? So we're talking about a 30-plus-yard yeah. throw from basically the numbers on one side to the numbers on the other side, essentially. Jimmy Garoppolo could never do that. And, and Brandon Ayuk beat maybe the defensive rookie of the year and Devin Witherspoon on that route. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's why everyone has this conversation of Brock Purdy and Shanahan's offense. That play is the one play that tells you, no, it's different. And here's my question that I would pose to everybody that wants to disagree with this. What's their flaw? Where do, where, who and what do you attack? Because I can say, well, Philadelphia, they've struggled to cover. Sure. Dallas, I don't think they've been great when it comes to stopping the run. Kansas City, we have their conversations about their offense. Who, what is San Francisco's flaw? No, I agree. And that's why I thought the Chase Young trade was so consequential because they're secondary. Now that they lost to Funga, their coverage has been an issue for them sure. in the past. So now, again, because you could get home with four, you can make up with some vulnerabilities in the secondary. Hawk, if the 49ers and Eagles played a playoff game right now, who would you take? I'm, I'm taking the 49ers for all those reasons. Their defensive line, when you see what the Chiefs did to the Eagles' offensive line early in that game, the 49ers have the best front in football. That is a very scary front, and I think it would cause havoc for the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are a really good football team. No doubt. They're one of the best, absolutely. But when you look at the floor, the 49ers' floor has been lower at times. When they've been bad, they've been really bad. But yeah. the ceiling, to Dan's point, when they're at full strength and, and healthy – they're going to be the toughest team to beat in football. And if you ask me what their flaw was, Dan, it would be exactly that, which has always been. Can they stay healthy? Sure. If something right. happens with Debo, is that offense going to be the same? If something sure. happens with one of those big defensive playmakers, are they as scary? That's what they have to do. Stay healthy for the remainder of the season. Hawk, remember, I told you when those five guys on offense are together, 12 or 13 wins, the one loss, they missed a field goal to win it. But yeah. You know what's funny? yeah, you know what's funny Hawks saying about like when the Eagles look ugly, which I agree with? They are 9-1. No, well, Eagles are awesome. If you no. ask me that question, I'd be like, where's the game being played? They know how to – yeah. Where's the game being played? The rest of the season will determine that, yeah. and I think that's, that's why it's so important. Uh, why don't you see some eye candy from this same game, from this 49ers-Seahawks game? One of the few highlights, really, for Seattle. This is 
rookie wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba with the one-handed yeah. catch. Woo. Woo. What do we think of that, guys? On the anniversary of OBJ, right? It was on the nine-year anniversary of the Odell catch. That's well, how do you know that? It was, I, I listen and oh, pay attention, Dan. It's a weird yeah. thing. Yeah, you, you knew that yesterday was the nine-year anniversary yeah. of that catch? It said during the broadcast. We got to get you to celebrate Thanksgiving differently. It was out there for sure. That, that, that information was available. Hey, here are our featured college football rivalry weekend matchups. Number seven, Texas, can lock up a spot in the Big 12 championship game with a win against Texas Tech tonight on ESPN. And tomorrow night, number five, Florida State, takes on Florida. And on ABC, number one, Georgia, squares off against Georgia Tech. Coming up on Get Up, how impressed should we actually be with the Cowboys this season? Ryan Clark poses an interesting question that we will discuss when we come back. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Deep and going to the middle and there's Cooks all alone. Touchdown Cowboys. Credit these coaches week in and week out and putting playmakers in their best position. It's a Thanksgiving Day touchdown. That was easy. Stuck to the process, playing as we play, to our play style, that it was going to break eventually. Howells back, throws it. It's Bland! He did it again! That's the most pick sixes in one season in NFL history. That is unbelievable. (laughs) 
Our friend Ryan Clark was musing on social media between courses last night. Says two of the best teams in football have not beaten a team with a winning record, but Dallas and Miami beat all the teams they're supposed to beat the way they should beat them. How much stock can we put in the wins, or do the losses to good teams matter more? Chris Canty joining us now. Chris, uh, to RC's point, like, are we? Uh, what are we watching with the Cowboys? Is this all just? fluff racking up wins against teams they should beat or is there more we can take out of it well i mean you can only play who's on your schedule graz and what the dallas cowboys did yesterday was nothing short of impressive but that's what they've done pretty much for the last month of football they've been double digit favorites in each of the last three games and they won each of them by 20 plus so i'm impressed that the dallas cowboys have been able to step up but the thing that stands out to me is what they did in the passing game the evolution of it being able to push the ball down the field we saw the touchdown pass to the Devontae turbin late we saw the touchdown pass to brandon cooks we saw the deep seam route to jake ferguson i think those are some of the things that are going to bode well for the cowboys being able to have the threat of the downfield passing game to open up opportunities for the underneath uh, passing game, but also the running game with Tony Pollard. I think that's the next step in order for this Cowboys team to reach their ceiling. But I'm a fan of what they've done uh, to this point in the season. They're 0 for 2 with teams that have winning records. They lost a close one on the road in Philly, got blown out against the 49ers. But this is a good football team that's trending in the right direction. Yeah, I want to show you their upcoming uh, schedule because a month or so from now, we're not going to be saying, oh, they're just beating the teams they should beat. Look at this. I mean, you got the Seahawks next Thursday and then Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. So, uh, Hawk, look, I mean, if if they can make hay against this this stretch, this stretch of opponents, uh, what, what will that tell you about Dallas? They're the real deal. I mean, if they can maintain what they've been doing over the last six weeks for the next six games, Absolutely, they should be in that conversation for elite teams in the NFL and Super Bowl contenders. And Dak Prescott, if he plays the same way the next six games as he has the last six, there won't be an argument in the world for why he is not the MVP of the National Football League. But that is a big if. And to the earlier point about Miami, about why we're not having the same conversation with the Cowboys as we did Miami, the NFL is about trajectory and momentum. The Cowboys have been consistent over these last six games. With the Miami Dolphins, yes, neither one of them have beat winning teams, but we'll see a great Miami Dolphins team, and then they'll drop against the Bills. A great team, Chiefs, a great team that they, they're beating opponents they should, and then, yeah. then the, the Eagles. With the Cowboys, they've beaten the teams in front of them in, in back-to-back order, so now we get into the real test. Yeah, can they handle the real test? Absolutely. And, and Hawk used a great word about trajectory and momentum. And one other aspect of momentum, guys, Dak's contract. All offseason, we oh saw boy. one guy going for the other. We're there. Herbert Hurts. We're, we're coming there. Oh, we are. He's up next. <laughs> he and, and as soon as we get to the end of the season, he'll have one year to go. And I am hard-pressed to say not only is Dak Prescott in the MVP category, but what about being the highest-paid player in our sport? Right now, when he goes to see Jerry Ooh. Jones – how is he going to be able to take anything less than where Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes are? And that's where the conversation is. Cowboys are 8-3. and three. Is that right? They're 8-3? Mm-hmm. They're 8-3. The, yeah, the teams that they have beaten have an average of three wins, guys. Yeah. That, that is not Dan's opinion. That's not Dan being a hater. That's the truth. And we can talk about these stacked up wins. Let's, let's point out truth as well. Last week versus Carolina. There's 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was a 17-10 ball game. Yeah. Damn. Yesterday, 
But yesterday versus Washington, who's like four wins, and they're looking forward to what's Look, next. It's 20 to 10, and it's third and one for they, Washington. They, they've lost one game since October 8th by five points right. on the road to Philadelphia. Look, we've talked about what's coming up on the schedule. We will find out soon enough whether they can or can't. And that leads me to our next topic, which is can he or can't he with our own Chris Canty. Chris. Can Josh Allen and his Buffalo Bills upset the Eagles this week? No, not against that Eagles defense. And I get it, the Eagles on the back end are a little bit sus. But what we saw from them on Monday Night Football, being opportunistic with the takeaways that that secondary was able to force, that's not a good formula for Josh Allen (laughs) and the Buffalo Bills. Now, we'll see whether or not they use his legs more. But Josh Allen has been turnover prone, seven seven games with an interception in each of them. I I just think that streak continues to eight this Sunday. Can Russell Wilson extend the Broncos' four-game win streak against the Browns? He can't, and that Cleveland Browns defense is legit. I think Miles Garrett is a legitimate MVP candidate. Is going to have Russ under duress, and here's the deal. During this win streak, they've survived off a lot of turnover luck. That defense has been turning the football over. They're going to have to do it without Kareem Jackson, who's under suspension, which makes it that much harder. I don't think they have that kind of luck against the Cleveland Browns this weekend. And one more. The Steelers have been outgained in every game this season. Can Kenny Pickett? Change that trend and outgain the Bengals offense this week in the first game after Matt Canada got fired. He can't, and I get that they scapegoated <laughs> offensive coordinator Matt Canada, but the problems with this offense are, are deeper than just one individual. And Kenny Pickett has not evolved to the point where we thought he would be as a second-year quarterback. And this is not your average second-year quarterback. This guy was a 24-year-old rookie. And so the fact that we haven't seen him take that next step with the pieces that are around him, is very, very disappointing. Yeah, I, look, the, the offensive coordinator got fired. So, Chris, I mean, does that mean that the pressure is now on this young quarterback? Is he the, is he the next guy on whom the blame will fall if it doesn't start improving? Oh, yeah. That's, that's what happens in this league. Now, I don't think mm-hmm. the Steelers are an impetuous organization, they're but right. uh, you're starting to run out of excuses as to why Kenny Pickett can't get it done. Guys, there are only two starting quarterbacks that have a worse QBR than Kenny Pickett, and that would be, well, Zach, yep, Zach Wilson, who's no longer a starting quarterback, and Bryce Young. So, I mean, the evidence has been there that Kenny Pickett hasn't been able to do the things that they anticipated he would as a first-round draft pick. They haven't, he hasn't done the things that you would think that he would be able to with the skill position players around him. So he has to be a lot better and, and it's got to happen in short order because this is a team that's playing for a playoff berth in the Pittsburgh Steelers. My goal for Christmas is to get Chris Canty to say something positive about a quarterback. He oh, just went, nope, he stinks, <laughs> nope, he stinks, nope, he stinks. Here, here's, my, here's my thing with Kenny Pickett, okay? Yes, like the way the NFL works, you fire the offensive coordinator, you fire the, the, the quarterback, all that stuff. Kenny Pickett has been given nothing to work with when it comes to scheme. So, so to sit here and say, like, he's on the chopping block, I would disagree with. I actually think the decision to fire Matt Canada is a sign that this organization truly does believe in Kenny Pickett. Two things that Kenny Pickett absolutely has to do over this next six weeks. One, stop running away from clean pockets. Now, I think part of that, again, is the way that he's been coached in many ways to be risk adverse and two you've got to be willing this sounds ridiculous willing and capable of throwing the ball downfield past five yards 
Again, that sounds nuts, but I just don't think he's been asked to do that often. And so those are the two things specific to Kenny that he's got to get done. Now, Dan, let me just clean up one thing you said. Like, when you go behind the curtain and say, hey, we're going to move on from Matt Canna, something the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't done since 1941. Yeah. Right. You're giving Kenny Pickett a grade of incomplete. You're saying, can he play better in a different scheme? Sure. They're not committed to Kenny Pickett by any stretch. And the guy that has to start being more involved is George Pickens. George Pickens is the difference maker. And to me, when you make these in-season changes, they're not transformational in as much as it's around the edges. And that's what we saw in Buffalo, for example, with pre-snap motion. So my point is, they're not sold on Kenny Pickett, but they made this move, in my opinion, to know what they have by the end of the year in terms of do we need another quarterback or was it more the scheme? Hawk, what do you need to see from the Steelers here uh, post-Matt Canada? I'm, I'm, I'm probably much like the, the, the Steelers brass. I have to see something out of Kenny Pickett. I'm not saying he has to turn the corner completely, and I'm not saying he's on the hot seat. But to Mike T's point, 1941, that was over 80 years ago. That's when the computer was invented. They made that move to say, okay, if Matt Canada is the problem, show us. Show us some life. Do something. Because there are open mm. receivers down the field, and I understand and get it. The scheme has not helped this offense at all. But for wide receivers, for offensive line that have clean pockets, that gets frustrating for an offense. So they're saying, now, Kenny Pickett, show us what you have. So as we go get another offensive coordinator, it makes sense to be thinking long-term about you into these plans. You know, if that, was, if that was when they invented the computer, at least we know the decision was not analytics-driven, right? <laughs> the computer's been around since 1941. 1941. But it probably didn't look quite like the, the, like the iPad you're working with uh, I had no there. Idea. Hey, I let's pick like 1975. <laughs> Let, let's throw some picks up. Oh, we're split here. Look at this. Orlovsky, you like the Steelers. I still think that defense is absolutely spectacular. And I don't think it's rocket science to go – Okay, let's run some play action. Let's get George Pickens as the focal point of our offense. Let's take some shots down the field off of that. Kenny, let's use your athleticism. I, I, like that was the, one of the worst offensive systems in the NFL. It can't get worse. I do think that there's an immediate upgrade performance-wise. Canty, why do you like the Jake Browning Bengals in this one? Well, I like what I saw from Jake Brown. And I, yeah. I, you know, he stepped in and he was able to operate the offense. But the things that I believe in are what's around Jake Brown and the skill position players for the Bengals as they get healthier and what's on the defensive side of the ball. Again, Lou Anarumo against Kenny Pickett. It sounds like it's going to be a good day for Cincinnati. Big AFC North matchup as that division continues to just beat itself up every single week. The NBA in-season tournament rolls on tonight with another group play doubleheader at 745 Eastern. Jimmy Butler and the Heat take on Julius Randle and the Knicks. Then Steph and the Warriors host Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs. Coverage tips it with NBA Countdown at 730 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Coming up, can Jordan Love actually lead the Packers to the playoffs? We're going to show you a stat you will not believe regarding Green Bay's young quarterback. That is next. You're watching Get Up. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Back on Get Up, Thanksgiving Day kicked off with the Packers against the Lions in an NFC North showdown. This is the first play of the game from Jordan Love and the Packers, and he is going to fake the handoff and find Christian Watson for 53 yards, Dan Orlovsky. Let him go up and get it. Feels like they've been waiting for 18 months for that play. You know, deep down the field, Watson goes up and makes the catch rather than waiting for it. I loved it. And then Jordan Love. Fits this slot slant in between like three guys on an absolute line. Beautiful throw. Packers up 7-0 right away. The Lions struggled to get going in this one. 2.24 to go in the first. They're down 14-6. Jared Goff steps up in the pocket, but what happened? Did he incomplete pass? Gross, you can't hold the ball. That's the big thing is you can see him hold, hold, hold. Now his arm starts to move forward, but the ball is already coming out. That's a fumble. That's a huge return for Owens. And then basically the very next play, Gross, what I just say, don't hold the football. Jared yeah, holds it you. again on third down. Ball gets popped out. Short field for Green Bay. Should have said it louder so Goff could hear you. Third quarter <laughs> now. They, they, this is they, the Lions are struggling. They're gonna try a fake punt from their own 23, and they're not gonna get it. Well, short of the first down, Packers take over in Lions territory. And following that, Packers with third and three at the Lions 16. Here's Love. Once again, going up top to the big guy, Christian Watson. If they can get this somewhat consistently, this changes their offense. It really does. The big body receiver who's fast down the field making some plays on the football changes their offense. Packers with the big upset in Detroit. Love 268 and three touchdowns. The Packers defense kept Jared Goff and the Lions off balance all game. Goff was pressured 17 times Thursday. That's the most in a game since he's been a Lion, and he went 3-for-12 passing, committed three turnovers when under pressure. So, for the Lions, bad game or bad sign? It's a bad week. When you think about it, Jared Goff's had it wasn't six. one of the options. Yeah, I know, but I. <laughs> you just, making you know, your own stuff up, yeah. I think? No, it, it's, 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 to me, it's a bad sign because when you have six turnovers in a week, three interceptions and then three fumbles, that is a concern. And if Jared Goff isn't well protected sure. and they've had some injuries on their offensive line, he is playing very average football. That is a bad sign for the Lions. Totally agree. It's a bad sign. Jared Goff, two bad games in a row, but mainly their offensive line got beat up. And I don't know if I've said that this year. 
that this offensive line physically got beat up. That's the strength of this football team. That's one of the reasons why Jared Goff has played so well. Now, absolutely credit Green Bay's defensive front, Preston Smith, and the effort of those guys was awesome. But if this offensive line isn't controlling and physically dominating and dictating football games, it's a different football team. I love Detroit. I think they're a really good team. But this is two games in a row where the quarterback has played bad. The offensive line got beat up. Their defense hasn't stopped anybody since Baltimore, the Baltimore game. They can't rush the passer. Again, really good team even after I said all that. Yeah. But I think that you got to be concerned with how your offensive line played. Hawk, last week we were talking about, hey, look at the upcoming schedule. The Lions, you know, they could, they could end up with the one seed. But they were heavy favorites in this game and lost it. So what do you make of the way things are going in Detroit? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix up a couple of those options. I'm going to say a bad game week, just the way that Mike T said, because it was a short week to prepare, and they weren't able to get some of those things cleaned up from a week ago. They are a different team when they are pressured on golf, and he is becoming a turnover machine. Now, that being said, they're a very relatable team, because I think this is just a speed bump in their evolution. We've all been there. We've worked on ourselves all year long. We've gotten better. We can't wait to go home for Thanksgiving and show everybody how we've changed. And unfortunately, as soon as we get back around family, we jump right back into all the old bad habits and we look like the old Lions. That's all this was. They will be fine. Their offensive coordinator has been amazing. And so now that he'll get the time to say, okay, let's fix some of these pressure issues on the offensive line and get Jared Goff back playing good football, I think they'll be good down the stretch. Context, right? Yeah. Like, again, the Lions are 8-3. and Yeah. That's great for Detroit. Yeah, a lot of teams wish they had their problems. Fine when it comes to Philly, San Francisco, Dallas. I don't see that right now with the way that offensive line got beat up. That, yeah. That's my big takeaway. So we'll see. Obviously, the Lions still in first place. But the, the flip side here is the Packers. All of a sudden, the youngest team in the league with a quarterback in Jordan Love that's had an up-and-down year uh, are, are right on the fringe of this. And I want to show you this, this stat. He's Jordan Love's first 11 starts as a Packer oh, no. next to another guy who was his predecessor as oh, a starter no. with the Packers. I don't know what happened to that guy. Uh, but these are, these are pretty similar stats. Uh, uh, what, what do we think? Well, I'll tell you, the, the other part of this that's fascinating to me is the surrounding players around Jordan Love are extremely young. I'm talking about yes. Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, last year Romeo Correct. Dobbs, and Christian Watson. So those numbers are outstanding, guys. When you think about it's a skill group as a whole, I was really bullish on Jordan Love in the offseason. A little disappointed how we played earlier, yeah. but the more you think about it is they got to bring together a whole group, not just a quarterback. Yeah. Every single receiver slash tight end he has is a first or second year player. Like every single one. So what are you, what are you seeing? How many other teams and quarterbacks are doing this right now? Realistically, yeah. that we, 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 we sit there and go, they could be a very different team in Cowboys. four weeks. Cowboys, but <laughs> context. Okay, and I think the biggest part is they figured out who their identity is on offense because of the youth. And Matt LaFleur, in many ways, he's gotten back to his roots. That, that play action pass that we loved so often. And the number one reason is the protection in that play action world. To keep the tight end for a chip, pull the backside guard, look at this pocket. Jordan Love now has time to see. And then some of the physical talent kind of becomes a storyline. That's a beautiful kind of drift throw right in the tar- tight coverage. Now we got two tight ends on the field, 12 personnel. Ball fake from under center. Guys, look at this pocket. So they, what they've realized is the play action not only helps their receivers, but it allows their quarterback protection to kind of see the field and get the ball out of his hands. Very similar look. Last time it's checked down. We got two tight ends. This time under center. Look at this throw up over this linebacker. But the pocket, the protection, that's everything when it comes to a young quarterback. He's got the time to go make that aggressive throw. Jordan Love 
is a very different quarterback. I think a lot of guys are. Play action and non-play action. Yesterday, I think he was like 9 for 11 for a mm-hmm. buck 50. But the, I think the, the, the way he's a different quarterback is the ball placement is so much better when they use play action mm-hmm. for him than when they play him in drop back football. And it's mainly because he's got such a cleaner pocket to work from. They're definitely on the ascent, as you say. As you see here, started 2-5, and five, but now they're 5-6. and six. Hawk, is this a team that can sneak into the playoffs yet? I think there is absolutely a path because of the way that they're playing football. To Dan's point, there's a trajectory here that makes sense. And even if you watch Love play early in the year, he got better as the game went on, right? And then now, yeah. as the season is progressing, Matt LaFleur is, is trusting him more. And, and he is trusting yes. his receivers. That first play... That's a big deal. There was a report that LaFleur wanted to change that opening play, and Love said, no, let's keep it. That's, that's trust. They oh, kept man. with it, and then yeah. he trusted Watson to go up and make it in a way that me and Dan looked at earlier in the season. Watson wasn't running routes that way. So that yeah. shows that this team is getting better, and they could be scary down the stretch. Yeah, good absolutely. point. Don't rule them out. Real quick. Yeah, yesterday they won without Aaron Jones, like their most yeah. reliable veteran Who player. used to be like the, the guy that if he played, they would win, and if he didn't, they lose. Right. That's and right. two critical guys missing on defense yesterday too, right? Right, Devondre Campbell and Jair Alexander. So maybe they get even better. Hey, you know, there's a game today, and, and to that end, we want to start our DraftKings Sportsbook Predictions brought to you by DraftKings. Dan, uh, more or less, 77 and a half receiving yards for Miami's Tyreek Hill today against the Jets. Uh, I'm going to say more. A couple reasons why. I do think that they're going to take some shots down the field, but their perimeter screen game is so dynamic. And if this Jets defense has a flaw, it's, it's just trying to get them to run sideline to sideline. So I'm going to say more. Mike T, big game in Houston this weekend. More or less, 273 and a half passing yards for Houston's C.J. Stroud against the Jaguars. Way more, dramatically Way more. more. Hard stop. C.J. Stroud has outplayed Trevor Lawrence this year, period, end of story. And Jacksonville's defense, guys, has been disappointing compared to what their expectations are. So look for C.J. Stroud to go over 300 yards against Jacksonville. All right, Hawk, the next one is in the Eagles-Bills game. More or less, uh, Jalen, is this specifically Jalen Hurts, 284 and a half yards of total offense against the Bills, more or less? Yeah, my, my Eagles expert, Alan Chu, told me this is a no-brainer. It's going to be more <laughs> right here. The Bills' secondary has not been great. And also, obviously, their advantage is going to be in the past game with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Coming up, a Cowboy feast. Dak and Dallas keep on winning. Does the D and Big Day, Big D stand for Destination Super Bowl? We'll ask Ryan Clark next. 